Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. What does my expert today think about the possibility of cooling measures in the Singapore property market? That is what we are discussing today. Prices of new private homes in Singapore rose 2.1% over the fourth quarter of 2020 from the third quarter. That marked their steepest quarterly increase in over two years. There have been comments from officials, analysts. Uh, there's been chatter in forum pages as well about the resurgent property market and uh, questions being raised about when would be a good time um, to implement cooling measures. When would they be useful and how should they be enforced? Can we expect property cooling measures sooner rather than later? Let's speak with Alfred Chia. He is CEO of Sing Capital. Alfred, good morning. Good morning, Michelle. How are you? Great to speak with you again. I'm doing well. Thanks for joining us. So, Alfred, I'm sure you've heard, um, you know, there's been a, a lot of chatter about property cooling measures in Singapore. Are they likely, in your opinion, this year? Um, okay. I mean, first of all, let's look at the URA property price index. Okay. I mean, for private property, it's just uh, crossing the 2013, right, the peak of the property price index. And for HDB resale uh, price index, it's still lower than the 2013 high. So, I mean, from a price index point of view, uh, the property price level seems to be stable. And of course, in Singapore, we have a very, very high property ownership. Yep. So, property not only uh, investment asset class, right? but more importantly, it's home to many of us. And many of us have a very strong stakeholding in that sense. So therefore, I, I, I think that uh, it's important right, to balance, to ensure that the property market is stable and sustainable. But from a financial perspective point of view, I don't see there is any so-called overheating at this moment. Okay, great. Great to know. So prices seem to be stable. Um, if there were to be curbs, though, um, from who is buying you know, the demand forces, could the curbs be more for local buyers or foreign buyers if there is, uh, you know, eventually curbs? Um, okay, again, going back to 2011, that's when ABSD was first introduced. Mm. And of course, they have actually evolved right, over the years until uh, 2018. So there's actually a lot of um, property cooling measures in place, especially for ABSD. Right? Mm. Then um, you have the seller stamp duty. Of course, there's a three-year time bar. So meaning to say they are to really deter any speculator in the markets. But more importantly, in 2013, MES introduced a very important framework called TDSR, Total Debt Servicing Ratio Framework. Mm -hmm. So that is to actually ensure there's a prudent lending by the bank and prudent borrowing by the home buyers. And in fact, for year 2020, uh, we have received a lot of inquiries from property purchasers who want to do financial planning so they want to look at their own financial situations, whether they can afford. And in fact, in 2020, mm -hmm. because of the COVID situations, many banks, when they apply TDSR, they are actually applying a more stringent standard imposed by MAS. For example, for self-employed or business owner or commission earners, mm -hmm. under the TDSR, 
you actually the bank have to do a 30% haircut on the declared income. 30%. Wow. Okay, so this is according to TDSR. So if you're earning 100,000, mm. right, the bank can only recognize 70,000 of your income to assess for your loan eligibility. But in 2020, some banks have even do the haircut to 50%. Meaning to say, right, the loan that you can actually apply to buy the property have reduced because of that uh, application. So in that sense, the banks are also uh, being very prudent. Wow. So they're already very stringent mortgage rules to um, have to grapple with currently. Um, looking ahead, though, what would be a signal that property cooling measures are necessary? Um, yeah, I mean, of course, what we are more concerned with is uh, are people actually over-leveraging mm. right, or to stretching beyond their means to purchase the property. So, of course, there's this TDSR framework, uh, which is actually a very um, a very good framework to actually ensure prudent uh, borrowing. But I think what we are more concerned with is the impact of the COVID situations yeah. because it's still unfolding. I mean, of course, when vaccine was first announced, uh, we were all very excited or thinking that it would be actually resolved. Then we realized, actually, there's also the vaccination process and then not only for Singapore, then you have the global consideration. And uh, of course, I think Minister have also mentioned this impact may last four to five years. So this is the uncertainty that will actually impact the employment market, the whole economic environment. So whether, right, will you still be able to hold on to your job next year? That if, let's say, that is a, a concern, then it will actually affect your loan servicing ability. But I mean, of course, if you are very sure, I mean, again, this, this COVID situation, the impact is really disproportionate mm. okay, because they impact different industries. Yes. Some industries actually thrive under this situation. Mm-hmm. Very uneven mm. recovery. But you're right, the vaccine rollout could take uh, a couple of years at least. So before we switch gears uh, with the topics, I just want to clarify, there have been comments by officials and analysts about the resurgent property market and some investors are bracing themselves for another round of cooling measures. You don't see that being a concern? Um, I mean, property prices, uh, of course, in the last few months, there may be some spike. But I think it's also due to the cost of actually labor crunch. You know, because of the COVID situations, mm-hmm. um, labor supply is really very much impacted. Even for many, many uh, home buyers who just want to do a simple renovation, they have to take queue number. Wow. Because you just don't have the, num- uh, the, the kind of actually uh, um, expert, right? I mean, mm-hmm. renovation skilled people to come into Singapore to work. Especially, you know, in Malaysia, we still have this uh, border uh, lockdown. Absolutely. So that, that drives the prices up in, in that sense. But of course, how long will this actually last? And of course, we hope that it could normalize very soon. Then again, it goes back to the uh, effectiveness of the vaccination and how fast it can be actually done. Mm, but the property price itself, I mean, if you just look at the index itself, right? I mean, it's just back to about 2013 level. And as I mentioned, many of us have a stake in the property market, whether it's a private HDB, uh, private or landed properties. So, I mean, we all want to have a stable market to enjoy a stable capital appreciation over a long term. 
So I mean, it's not um, to say that, oh, when the property is uh, running high, then there must be some measure to, to press it down. No, I think it's just about a, a very gradual, stable kind of uh, appreciation that is in line with the economic situation. Well said, well said, Alfred. Um, on the buyer's side of things, though, people are looking at low interest rates. Um, you know, many people have been saving for years thinking, is this the right time to upgrade, to get maybe more space in the house because so many more people are working from home? So do you expect strong demand for private homes and on-block sales this year? Are, are those low interest rates really enticing buyers to come out with the liquidity they may have stashed away? Uh, actually, I agree with you. There's another reason uh, why this uh, strong demand in property uh, market, I, I think it surprised many people too. I mean, of course, uh, we are uh, still trying to get out of this whole uh, concern. Again, I mean, of course, there are certain industries that thrive well, but there are also many industries that has really seriously impacted. And there are people who actually lost jobs, which is actually a, a very sad thing, right? Yep. But because those who are not affected or those industries that is actually thriving, they actually find that their savings went up. And then because of all the lockdowns, you actually cannot travel. And therefore, you, you actually created more savings. Yep. And the low interest rate, you know, is driving people to find better you. Um, and a combination of, of all these things, then property become one of the choice assets. But actually, in, in addition to property, sorry, there is a lot of interest and a lot of money flow into the equity markets commodity markets, even Bitcoins. Mm -hmm. So it's all this uh, uh, so-called asset class that's actually driving the interest. Now, coming back to this uh, property uh, interest rate, right? So now interest rate average is about 1.3, 1.5% if you are to borrow from the banks. And if, let's say, you can rent out your property and get a rental yield, a gross yield of about 3 to 4%, in that sense, you are actually having a plus factor. Mm-hmm. But of course, it's not factoring uh, the interest cost, the cost of maintaining the property, and do you actually have to pay ABSD right, to actually invest in that? So that is, of course, the investment considerations. But oh. the interest rate is really driving the interest too. Yeah, and it you know does make sense for people who have that money put aside. What do you advise clients who are thinking about upgrade? Or maybe our listeners they want to upgrade this year. What should they be thinking about before um, you know getting their hands on that larger property? And do you see any regions here in Singapore that offer good buying opportunities? Um, I mean, of course, if uh, for Singaporeans, I think Singapore remain a very attractive market. And also, the, the other things to factor in is our SING dollars. I mean, if you have to go to any other countries, you always have to factor in the exchange rate risk. Okay, I mean, there are many foreigners who actually come to Singapore. Uh, really, is also to, they, they actually, they value the SING dollar, right? The strength of the SING dollars. So that even though the interest here is low, right? Um, the property price here is more expensive, but they are here for a preservation of value. But, Based on what uh, we observe, in 2020, actually there are a lot of people looking to upgrade their properties or to purchase a property. It's also because of the lockdown. I mean, I mean, in Singapore, we are already considered quite blessed. So we have a reasonable living space. I mean, if you compare to Hong Kong, where a family of four or five, they have to squeeze into a very small unit size. Mm. I mean, that, that is really um, driving 
a lot of people looking for a bigger space. But over here, I mean, of course, you have the HDB, which are very strong support from government. You can get grants. And then, of course, if, let's say, everybody find that hey, the space is a bit too tight and we are, have to uh, work at home. So then this is driving people to actually looking for a place to upgrade. So this is a real need. And people who can afford, they are also looking for bigger space right, so that they can actually cater to their whole family needs. So, I mean, it's a combination of uh, needs, low interest rates, and then, of course, um, the, the, the inflation hedge that's actually making people uh, driving to this area. All right, let's look at Singapore's office space. Uh, property consultants cautiously optimistic about prospects for the Singapore office market, at least for the second half of this year. And that's sort of driving optimism in the office REIT space as well. Um, what are your views? What is your opinion about the Singapore office market for 2021, particularly the second half? Are you optimistic? Um, well, I'm neutral on that. Mm. I mean, because... Office, uh, I mean, of course, if you're talking about grade A office space, it's very closely tied to the uh, economic performance, I mean, the economic situations. I mean, of course, um, there are many industries that are affected that will be looking to cut space. But on the other hand, there's also new industry. I mean, of course, for example, the announcement of uh, TikTok, the announcement of Alibaba and Lazada getting more and more office space. Yes. Right. So, so the, the, the whole uh, market situation is changing, right? It's, it's like a musical chair. So who will be the next industry that actually require the office space? But I mean, by and large, for any business, office space is still important. I mean, this is where you actually group the whole uh, companies together so that you have a closer interaction. I mean, of course, um, if you have a comfortable space, it's always good to work from home. But after a while, you find that, hey, I may be losing touch with my colleagues and how about all the networking? And that is where uh, a lot of companies will be looking at to actually foster that kind of uh, cooperation. Mm. All right, before you go, Alfred, I just want your thoughts. I, I read a really interesting forum uh, letter, letter to the forum pages and, uh, you know, the letter writer George Goh was discussing property cooling measures and he says, really they're useful only if they're properly enforced. And then he goes on to say, listen, there are other solutions that can be considered as well, like imposing capital gains taxes on the sales of home or maybe limiting property ownership, two properties per Singaporean, maximum one for foreigners, disallowing corporate bulk ownership, mandating freehold prime land properties should only be sold to Singaporeans. This is the practice in China, for example. So, uh, again, coming back to property cooling measures, if we're looking at the sustainability of um, prices, price rises here in Singapore, are there many other ways to think about cooling measures besides increasing ABSD? Well, I think it's a good point. I think it all depends on what perspective are you looking at. Mm. I mean, if you are a property owner, will you want your property to arise in appreciation, right? Yep. I mean, of course, you have not got into the property market. You want the property price to be uh, cheap so that you can quickly afford it. So, but once you afford it, then you want the property price to actually appreciate. So therefore, you know, it's all about the perspective. But I mean, over here, I, I must say, um, I, I'm glad that our government is keeping a watchful eyes on this because all of us here right, have a very strong stakeholding in our property market from HDB to private properties. 90% own home ownerships. I think that is probably the highest or one of the highest in the world. 
So therefore, having a stable, sustainable property market that can appreciate over the long run is the only good thing for all of us. I think it's all about in tandem with the economic situation. All right. Well, we can definitely agree on that long-term goal. Thank you, Alfred, for joining us. All right. Thank you very much. Alfred Chia, CEO of Sing Capital, with me here on Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. You're listening to Singapore's most influential radio station, Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.